everyone. Welcome to the Faith Chapel podcast. We are so glad to have you join us. Faith Chapel exists to help people follow Jesus, be transformed by Jesus, and be on mission with Jesus. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, you're welcome here. If you have any questions about who we are or what you hear, you can visit faithchapel.cc or email podcast at faithchapel.cc. We'd love to hear from you. All right, let's dive into this week's message. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome today. I'm so glad that you are here. It is an honor to be with you today. My name is Shane. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Chapel, whether you're joining us online or wherever you find yourself listening to this this week. I'm so glad that we get to be together. It is, it is truly an honor. One of the focuses that I get on a weekly basis is I get to hang out with high school students and they are just so much fun. Uh, they, are, they are truly some of my most favorite people and we're actually heading up to high school camp tomorrow. So please be praying for our teams and all of our counselors. Uh, we start two weeks with a lot of high school students. And so um, it's going to be a really good, good time. But if you have, are just joining us today, we've been in a series uh, walking through different parables uh, throughout this entire summer. And today we're going to talk about a parable uh, that I think can bring some challenge. And when we read it, we, we might not fully understand it. We might just focus on one particular part of the verse. Um, and it's this, this parable that has to do with a big wedding and this wedding banquet that is, that is going on. Um, how many of you have ever had or seen a problem happened at a wedding. Like there was something that went wrong at this wedding. Or how many of you at your own wedding had a little bit of a mishap at some point or another, right? So uh, I got married uh, a little over a year ago, which was a lot of fun. And we didn't get married here in Billings. Uh, we got married uh, in California. And if you don't know, that was my wife up here giving the announcements and everything. And we're having a baby in October and I'm just so excited. Like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, um, but we are, we were getting married and it was in California. So you have to remember to bring everything, right? Yeah. And I have this whole checklist, like I have this down and Jess is already in California, you know, they're preparing and I'm like, okay, go through the list. You got to have, you got to have the right shoes. You got to make sure you have, you know, your suit. You can't show up without the suit. We already had a debacle about the whole suit thing. Cause I forgot some things aka getting all the sizes of all my groomsmen to them when they were supposed to go buy the suits and it was a whole thing I messed up. Okay, so like we were, we were doing all this and I have this whole checklist. I'm like, I got it, I got it all. So we get there and it's wedding day and you know, we're, we're in our area, the girls are all getting ready and when you're the dudes, like you get ready to a certain point. They wanted your pants on because that's good. All right. And then like the white undershirts and the photographer is like, hey, just wait right there. You know, we'll put the white button up and we'll get the cool pictures with you buttoning the shirt. Right. So the photographer shows up and we've got everything laid out. And she's like, all right, let's let's get those shirts on. I want to start taking pictures. And I go over to the, you know, the zip up thing, suit thing. I forgot the white shirt. And I literally remember, I remember having it on a hanger and going, you will not forget this. Go put it by the entrance to the door and hang it up right next on the coat rack and you won't forget it. Oops. 
I forgot it. And I'm sitting there going, oh no, oh no, maybe it's in my suitcase. And I'm looking around and I come downstairs and I was like, um, oops, I forgot my white shirt. And everybody's like, you what? You did what? And I was like, yeah, don't tell Jess. Please don't tell Jess. We're supposed to, the photo, like the meetup, the first look is in an hour. I don't, where's Kohl's? We need to go to Kohl's. Like, is there a Kohl's? Y'all, I, and California's big. There's a lot of Kohl's, okay? So like, we're trying to figure out what in the world we're going to do. And my brother-in-law is like, I got it. I've got another white shirt. So he runs upstairs. He brings it down. Thank you, Jesus. He had a white shirt. Y'all, what you don't know, I'm short. I'm not, I'm vertically challenged, just a little bit, okay? But, but with, with, my, with my height, um, my legs and my arms are even shorter. My brother-in-law is not short and his arms and legs are not shorter. The shirt went down to here um, and was like a dress. And so I was like, it's tucked in, I'm rolling it up. It's under a suit, nobody will know. And I just never took off the suit jacket. It was over a hundred degrees, y'all. I just didn't take it off, okay? And I didn't tell Jess, okay? So it wasn't gonna tell her, it was a good thing, but my groomsmen are wonderful and they decided to do it, okay? But it was after we got married, so she stuck with me and my forgetful brain. So, but that's a, that's a fun thing. I love, when I'm thinking about that particular story and thinking about the parable we're talking about, there are five people in this parable that kind of do a big forget. There's a big moment where they oops a little bit. And so we're gonna look at this parable of the 10 bridesmaids also in many other uh, versions besides the NLT, because that's what I'm reading out of uh, many other versions, uh, versions, it is the 10 virgins. So uh, this, but I figured saying bridesmaids over and over and over again was better than virgins over and over and over again. So we're going with it. Uh, but it's in Matthew chapter 25, starting of verse one, this is what it says. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Now this is... This is the second parable so far that Jesus is referring to himself as the bridegroom, okay? This is the second time that he's referring to himself as, as this. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming, come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Now this is a really interesting passage and a really interesting parable that, that Jesus says here. See, every culture has a different way of celebrating weddings and every culture has a different way of getting things 
wrong and messing things up. Literally did a wedding for a, a couple out in Red Lodge and they were so terrified that the car was going to break down on their way to Red Lodge because they were taking some pictures here in Billings and then going out to Red Lodge that they hired somebody to follow them in an empty vehicle so that they, just in case their car broke down, then you, they'd have an extra. And my brain, when they got there, goes, well, what if they both broke down? What if they were following too close? You hit a deer, they hit your rear end, and then it was just all over. And the bride was like, really? Really? I was like, sorry, sorry, let's just get you married, okay? So like, like there was that freak out. Like we try to plan for the risks, but there was a risk here that happened on one of these most important days. And even in the Middle East today, there are some places where the customs for weddings are quite similar to what we just read. See, in the modern West, people don't normally get married at, at midnight, right? It's, it's not usually what happens. But in that culture, a torch-lit procession was a pretty normal thing. And throughout the, the evening, what would happen is the groom would go from venue to venue to venue before he'd get to the final venue where the bride is at and the major feast will begin. And sometimes the groom would be delayed. Sometimes the groom would be late. Have you ever been to a wedding where the groom's late? Doesn't go over well, right? Well, in that, that culture, it was normal. Like that was, that was actually a fairly normal thing before he got to the banquet hall. And so when we're looking at this passage, we see these five bridesmaids that were ready and prepared just in case the groom is late. And then we have these five bridesmaids that were not prepared. Their lamps were not ready. And when the bridegroom came, they were gone, trying to find more oil. They were not prepared for what could happen. I was not prepared with an extra white shirt. I would have fallen in the unprepared category. There's this unpreparedness that is going on. And I feel like that is actually the part of the passage that especially seasoned followers of Jesus oftentimes look at is that one verse in uh, verse 13 that says, so you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. That is the one that everybody talks about when it comes to that parable. And I, I hear that actually phrase said all of the time and nobody could actually tell you what it's after. Very few could actually go, oh yeah, that's the parable of the 10 bridesmaids. And there's, a, there's importance to this. But I think there's more importance to one little thing that was said right before that. He said, I do not know you. I do not know you. And I think that is a big important piece because when these bridesmaids walked up to this door, knocking on the door, hey, 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 can I come in? And this bridegroom is just standing there going, I, I don't know who you are. You weren't ready. You weren't ready. You weren't there. So how do we become prepared for his someday arrival? We got to know him. See, being a, a Christian, a follower of Jesus means being in relationship with Jesus. AKA, it means being in relationship 
knowing the Father. It's about knowing God, the Father, the creator of the universe. That's the whole point. The point of Christianity is at the end of the day to know the Father. It's to know who the Father is. Because the reality is, is he knows you, he knows me, he loves us right where we are, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we've done, he cares about us in this moment. The God of the universe knows us, but do we know him? Matthew chapter 7 Verse 21 says this, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. I never knew you. Y'all, this, this verse terrified me forever. Do I know Jesus? Do I, do I really know God? Do I, am, I, am I confident in the fact that I, that I know God? Do I know him? And I, I would go through this, this whole tailspin in my head uh, of going, maybe I don't. Maybe I'm not a good, a good enough Christian. Maybe I got to just start doing more. And that's what this verse is. This, it's the opposite of what this verse is saying. Because it's not about all the things that you do. It's not about the religion itself. It's about the faith piece. See, Christianity as a religion, instead of faith or relationship, means we might be missing something there. Because it's not just about the religious acts that we do. This book is not Christianity. It's not. The songs that we sing right beforehand in services every single week are not, that's not the basis of Christianity. Being in a small group. You can do it, but that's not the basis of Christianity. Taking communion, going to church, all of these things are not the the basis of Christianity. The basis of Christianity is knowing Jesus, knowing the Father, is this relationship. And we could be drastically missing things if we just look at this whole Christian walk as a things to do, a religious act and it's easy for us to fall into and for some of those who who in the room that might find yourself spiritually unresolved or you find yourself in a place where you've been even hurt by the church a lot of the times is there's a lot of rules that are set up in front of the cross of Jesus there's all of these to do things before you get to who Jesus is It's all about knowing Jesus first. There is a free path to know Jesus. And that's what we've got to be able to focus on. Why do we sing songs? 
to praise Jesus, to look to him and say, I need you, Father. Father, you are good. I'm willing to give everything over to you. Jesus, it's just all about you. It's this humbling of ourselves and looking up and worshiping the God of the universe. Why do we do small groups? So we can be in community with people who help point us to Jesus. The problem with small groups oftentimes is our focus gets off of the main thing. We get all wrapped up in all of the little drama that's happening in people's lives. We get wrapped up in all the things. And that is, it's good to help each other out, push each other forward. But when all of our focus is only on the little things, like y'all, high school, high school is very interesting to watch small groups happen. Because the reality is, is they, drama is a big thing in high school. Don't know if you remember that. Don't know if you know that. But drama, major thing. Who's dating who? Okay, uh, my boyfriend broke up with me today. How do we just talk about this? Can I, I just want to talk about everything that's going on and my anxiety, my struggles. And all of this is real. And then I look at these small groups and they're like, there's just so much drama. And I say, Here, here's the deal. Did you guys pray together? Oh, oh no, we didn't do that. That's a bummer. Did you, did you guys talk about Jesus and what he's doing and the hope that you can have in him? Oh, no, we didn't, we didn't do that either. See, the main thing about small groups is pushing each other towards Christ. That's what it's supposed to be. It's helping us know Jesus more. Why do we go to church? To learn to follow Jesus better, to be in community with people, to help urge each other on to know the Father more. Getting baptized, taking communion. These are all parts of getting to know the Father more. Dying to ourselves and raising up and saying, I'm going to walk with the Father more. I'm going to walk with Jesus more. I'm going I'm to focus in on who he is and my relationship and I want to get to know him. But if we're just doing it as a religious act, it's moot. And we can easily just get caught up in the rhythms of the everyday Oh, go to church, gotta do it, here's what I do. And this, reading our Bibles is an important thing and it's becoming a lost art. Picking up the physical word of God is becoming a lost art. Because we have technology, it's easy to flip through our phones, it's easy to get the verse of the day and just go, oh, I do not know the hour of the day of his return. And we forget the whole context of all the passages that are going on around it. This is a lost art. And this helps us to understand the heartbeat of the Father. If we're just reading it as a religious act, just because I, I just got to get through it today. Okay, good, good. And how many of you have read through a book or something and gone, I don't remember any of the last four pages that I just read? Because my mind is all over the place, right? When we sit here and go, I'm going to focus on what this is. And I just want to, Lord, help me to hear your heartbeat today. And when we start to understand the heartbeat of the Father, which this helps us to do, then we know when somebody is lying about the Father. When you know when somebody is lying about Jesus. We know when somebody is lying about the church. We know when things are happening. And there's a lot of lies going on about God the Father and there's a lot of lies about the church and there's a lot of lies about Jesus circling. And this helps us to know the heartbeat of Jesus so that we can point to the true heartbeat of who he is. 
And at the end of the day, when it comes to the Father and knowing the Father, it's all about Jesus. Jesus is the way to the Father. Jesus is the one who shows us who the Father is. Jesus is the one through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, much of the New Testament on this side of the Bible helps us to understand the heartbeat of the Father because of how Jesus is responding and doing so much. And if we dethrone Jesus, if we make Jesus less than who he is, then we are enthroning something else in our lives. We are allowing something else or someone else to take his place. We can allow money to take his place. We can allow politics to take his place. We can allow uh, drugs or alcohol to take his place. We can allow spouses to take his place, friends to take his place. If we dethrone Jesus, and that's much of what the enemy is trying to do, get Jesus out of the picture. Make it a universal God, a universal truth, instead of focusing on who Jesus is. When we dethrone Jesus, we are enthroning something else in our lives as God. And that's a dangerous place to live. And that's a much of what culture is doing. So again, I, I use high school a lot of the times in, in a lot of what I do. And I'm sure much of you have heard this. We've talked about it a little bit in here before, but have you ever heard of the phrase, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. Don't let our truths cross because we just want to live in peace. It's fine. It, no, 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 it's, it's your truth. So you just, you just live your truth. I'll live my truth. We're just, we're just all living our own truths. Well, Jesus has something to say about this. He talks to Thomas about it in John chapter 14. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas goes, no, we don't have a clue where you're going. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If we dethrone Jesus, we might miss the way to the Father, the truth of who the Father is. He is the way, the truth, the life, not your way, your truth, your life, right? He's the truth. And that's what our focus has got to be. That's what, that's what the, the five bridesmaids miss. They miss that he was the way. And Philip, he tells in John 14, he's talking to Philip. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, I have been with you all the time, Philip. Bro, you didn't get it. I've been with you this entire time and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? If you've seen Jesus, if you know Jesus, if we read about who Jesus is, we know the Father. And the beautiful thing is, is when Jesus ascended into heaven, when he defeated death, he defeated all these things, he ascended into heaven, he gave us an advocate so we can see Jesus, know Jesus, know the Father, and that's through the Holy Spirit, our guide and our director. 
allowing us to understand and know him more. It's about knowing who he is. But it doesn't stop there. Because once we start to know who Jesus is, understanding the fact that, man, this, this Jesus, he came and he loved us so much that he was ushering in a whole new kingdom. This procession that we see, he's ushering in, he's bringing in this whole new kingdom. He came and he died and he rose again from the death, defeating the power of Satan, defeating the power of death, saying, no, 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 see, death, death has no power anymore in humanity. There's an actual eternal life and I want to show you that, that there is life after death. And when he rose again, uh, giving the Holy Spirit, he says, I'm going to return. And that's something we can be confident in is, is Jesus return back. When we, we look at all of this, when we start to say, oh, Jesus, I'm, I'm submitting to knowing to you. And when we start to know Jesus more and more and more intimately, then we're going to start to walk it out. When we begin to know the Father, we start to walk out the will of the Father. When we begin to know Jesus more and be in that relationship, it's not that we start doing all the religious acts correctly. It's that when we go to Albertsons today and we're standing in a long checkout line, and we're getting really frustrated at the, at the person at the cashier, whether it's their fault or not, when we get up to it, are we gonna treat them like a complete and total jerk? Or are we gonna treat them with the love of Jesus because they are a child too? When we drive out these doors, go out these doors and we drive off campus and we're sitting at Shiloh and Central and that person just is not going at the roundabout, are we acting like they can see us in the rearview mirror with all the things that we're screaming at them? Or are we going, Jesus loves you. You don't know how to drive, but I am praying for you today. <laughs> right? Like, what is, what is our attitude? How are we checking in and are we walking out this, this love of Jesus to who he is? Are we walking out the truth of Jesus? Are we walking out the way of Jesus when we come out of this room? It's not, again, about all the religious acts. It's about knowing him and through knowing him, we start to live him out. He has an unbelievable plan and purpose for each and every purpose and person in this room. That when we know him, we start to understand this is how I can love people well. That when we start to walk with him, he starts to make his love known each and every day. He wants us to see him in what we do. So instead of waking up in the morning and looking at our grumpy pants and our joyful pants and saying, I think I'm going to pick grumpy pants today, it's tossing those in the trash and saying, I am going to live and walk in the joy of the Lord. I'm going to do everything possible. Jesus, today, would you help me to know you better and walk you out? 
Jesus, today, will you remind me who you are and the love that you have for me? Would I be able to show that love? And when we get up in the morning, he's going to do that. And it can be through the simplest of things. For me, I, I love, I love, love, love the outdoors. And I feel Jesus in the outdoors all the time. I see him outside all the time. I don't know if you're like me in that, but every time I'm out there, it's just like, oh, this is gorgeous. The wilderness is wonderful. And y'all, I hate hiking, okay? So, but I see him in it. I just hate it. I like hiking with a four-wheeler, but I don't like, I don't like hiking, like hiking. And I know I'm, I'm terrible sometimes, but as I'm out there, it's just so beautiful. And, and I love looking at everything. And when I see a bald eagle, like bald eagles are my favorite, okay? They just are. And it's just a coincidence that I'm bald too, okay? But bald eagles, they're my favorite. And every time I see them fly over, I'm just like, oh. It's a reminder where Jesus is, I feel like Jesus is saying, hey, I'm right here with you. I, I got you today. And I'm, I'm one of those people that I, don't, I would drive some of you absolutely absurd. And I, I sorry, not sorry, but sorry. I walk like this pretty much everywhere I go. I'm real slow, just kind of taking all in. I make decisions really slow. My team, it drives my team nuts, okay? And I just, I just kind of meander and just kind of look around and just, I'm just enjoying everything that's kind of happening around me because I'm just not in a big hurry and I don't want to miss anything. Like maybe Jesus has something for me right here, right now. And so everywhere I go, I'm just slow. And uh, my, one of my coworkers, he's a junior high pastor, Mikey, he walks like this everywhere that he goes. Okay, like the camera has a problem keeping up, right? Like he's just going, and when we're walking and talking together, I'm just like, okay. And we're just trying to talk through life. Well, it's because I don't want to miss anything. We were in California, me and my wife were in California, and it was a day where it's like, we got to get to getting. Let's, let's get things moving. I, we've got a lot to do. We're, we're here to see uh, her grandma and grandpa, and it's like, oh, we want to take some time and just really, we have a couple hours to just invest with them and, and hang out with them, and I, I don't want to miss this. And so we arrive up, and her grandma has, has rose bushes, lots of rose bushes. And when we go to California, y'all, our schedule is go, 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 go all the time, it feels like. So we're, we're walking up, and Jess is like, oh, oh, come here, come here, come here. You got to smell this rose bush. I'm like, no, oh, all right. And so I smell the rose bush. It smells like a rose bush, okay? So we smell it, and it's wonderful. And I'm like, cool, let's go talk to your grandma and grandpa. And we walk forward, and she's like, shay, 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 shay. you got to smell this one. You got to smell this one. It's got like pink in the middle and white on the outside. It's, it smells different. Come smell it. And I'm like, probably smells like a rose bush. And so I smell it, and it's... Smells like a rose, okay? And we go and we were like, okay, let's go talk to your grandma. And she goes, oh, you got to smell this one. It's purple. You got to come and smell this one. And I'm like, are you for real? <laughs> and I literally look at her. I'm like, it's a, it's a rose. Oh, yep. And I walk back, I smell it, and it smelled like a rose, okay? So like, I don't know if it was different or not. I couldn't tell you. And so we're, we're literally hanging out with her cousins. We're hanging out with her grandparents, and we walk back out, and we've actually got somewhere to be. Like, we got to go. And so we start getting to the car, and right around the corner, guess what there is? Different color rose bushes. 
And she walks up to the rose bush. She's like, you got to smell this rose bush. I'm like, no, I don't. I know what it smells like. She's like, it's different. And she smells the rose bush. And she's like, it's so glorious. And this is the hill I'm going to die on today. All right. This is what I've chose to put my foot down. I'm like, no, I'm not going to smell the rose bush. This is stupid. We've got to go. And she's like, because she's my wife and she's a little stubborn too, okay? Because we're both being that way, because why not? This is the hill. And she's like, fine, there's another one over here. <laughs> and she goes and smells that rose bush. And I'm like, get in the car, right? And so we get into the car and I'm a little irritated and I'm driving and she's just, didn't those roses smell so good? I'm like, yeah, they smell fine. And as we're driving, y'all, I'm not making this up, okay? And this is not like some sermon illustration. I just want to make it. No. In my heart, I felt the Holy Spirit go, I was trying to show you my love today. And you missed it. And I was like, ooh. And he said, I was having your wife invite you into that moment. And you missed it. And so I had to apologize to Jess four hours later. <laughs> because I missed the moment of knowing the heartbeat of Jesus in that moment through his creation. And in that moment, I could have actually showed the love of Jesus to my wife by just participating with her in that. It's simple in walking out the love of Jesus each and every day. It's being kind, it's living it out, it's showing Jesus and it's experiencing what he has for us. Knowing and doing the will of the Father will make us prepared for his arrival, whenever that might be. When we know him, when we know Jesus, when we walk with him, when we take it from religion to faith, from religion to relationship. When we prepare in the way of Jesus, I'm taking you in today. Whenever he shows up through a rose bush, through your two-year-old, through your teenager, through a random person who wants to show you care through a Starbucks drive-through, and pays it forward through a smile from somebody on the street, through a rose bush, through the clouds in the sky. There might be a moment that he just wants us to know him more. And then we get to also be that love for someone else so they can know him more. That's what this parable is all about. It's about knowing who he is and walking in it. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so, so very much for telling a story like this, a parable like this. But Jesus, would we start to understand what it means to know you more, know your heartbeat more? Would we be able to live it out each and every day? Today, Jesus, I ask that you would make yourself known through something, 
something just random as we're walking through our day, as we're driving around town, as we go home. Jesus, would you make yourself known and would we not miss it? And if we do, would you just put a little prompt in our heart through your Holy Spirit that says, hey, I love you. You missed it a little bit, but I love you today. Jesus, would your presence be with us each and every step that we go? And will we be able to walk it out with you? We love you. We need you. In your name we pray. Amen. We hope that this helps you take your next step on your spiritual journey. If you'd like to get involved with the work and ministry of Faith Chapel, visit faithchapel.cc and click on Next Steps. If you'd like to speak to a pastor or connect with us in any way, email connect at faithchapel.cc. We look forward to connecting with you soon.